Now, if you take your Bible this morning, let's turn to 2 Timothy chapter number 3. 2 Timothy chapter number 3. I'm taking a little diversionary side uh, role this morning because uh, someone asked me when, when I wrapped up last week was talking about appropriating and activating or the things that God has given to us. Amen. Uh, remember, God has given to us eternal life. God's given to us His Holy Spirit. And God has given to us the entire Word of God. And those, are, those give us all that we need for life uh, and, to, and for, for godliness in our lives. But we have to, I said, we have to appropriate that and we have to activate it in our lives. And that's what we want to talk about uh, this morning. Appropriating is actually taking possession of and making it one's own. You say, you know, I, I believe that and I'm, I'm going with it. It's trusting. We, we sang the song this morning, Trust and Obey, on purpose. Because that's, that's what we're talking about in appropriating and activating uh, what God has given to us. We appropriate it by trust. We say, you know, God said it, I'm going to believe it. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it we, we just take that into our lives that way. And activating is actually putting it to use, making it effective in our lives so trust and obey for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus and that's a, you know it's a blessing that we have at our disposal those things that God has given to us to be able to live a life that's pleasing to him and to be able to to have what we need for life and how to and live a godly life and it it begins with really the the word of God for us. We know that uh, we we know we have eternal life. Life came in when we believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. We received that life, and at the same time, we received that life along with it. We got God's Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came in to take up residence in our life, and He is the one that opens up the Scripture to us. He is the author of the Scripture. And he opens up the scripture to us. And, and so we have the, we, we can say we got an onboard help, amen, uh, in our lives with the Holy Spirit. If you don't have the Holy Spirit in your life, if you're not saved, you're not going to understand the Word of God because it's a spiritual book. And in order to understand a spiritual book, you've got to have God's Spirit, amen. And so we're going to be taking a look at the Word of God and this morning, let's, uh, let's read the two verses we're going to take a look at primarily, but we're going to be all over the place in the Scripture. One of the reasons why I gave you a handout there, uh, we, we'll take time to turn to some of it, but a lot of it I'm just going to, uh, to read it myself for sake of, of time this morning. But let's read uh, here in 2 Timothy chapter number 3, verse number 16 and 17. Familiar verses. Verse 16 says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. In other words, it is profitable for all that stuff that we need in our lives to live a life that's pleasing to God and live, live our lives as Christians in this world. So verse 17, that the man of God may be perfect, that it's talking about being mature, truly furnished unto all Good work. So let's take a look at this step by step this morning. Understand that the one who makes the Word of God effective in our life is God Himself. 
All scripture is given by inspiration of God. God breathed is what that means. Inspiration of God is talking about God breathed the scriptures. And we know that uh, uh, the scripture says in 2 Peter 1.21, the apostle Peter said, For the prophecy came not in the old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Now we know God used them to pen the scriptures, but the scriptures are the very word of God. God's the one that moved upon their heart as what to pen, what to write. And, and when you take a look at the Bible as a whole and you take a look at the, the, the Bible individually and its, its parts, you come to understand that it, it came together because holy God put it together. Uh, Hebrews 4 verse 12 says, For the word of God is quick, and powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. When it says the word of God is quick, it means it's a, it's alive. This you know the, the, this this book has got uh, uh, living characteristics to it. It is life. Word of God is alive and it's powerful, and I thank God for that. First Thessalonians two, um, and verse number thirteen, Paul, uh, Paul was writing to the Thessalonian church there, and he said, "For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when ye received the word of God, which ye heard of us, ye received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth." the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. Now, there's some important parts about that that we need to understand. When we receive God's word, does it make a difference how we receive it? Most certainly does. If you think this is just man's book, that men just wrote this, and uh, you can take it or leave it, uh, you know, you got a problem. <laughs> because it's not man's book. This is God's book. God moved upon man. God uh, uh, has his, uh, his, his signature all over it. And when uh, the, the Thessalonian church received it, they said, you know, this is the word of God that we're receiving from Paul. And he said, it's a good thing that you did that. And praise God that when you received the word of God you, you heard, that you heard of us, you received it not as the word of man, but as it is in truth, it is the word of God. See the Bible for what it is. It is God's word. And it says, which effectually worketh in you that believe. That word effectually means to be active and efficient. And God's word is active in our life. And it is efficient in our life. So understand that the one who makes the word of God effective in our life is God himself. Number two thing that we see here is understand how the Word of God works when it becomes effective in our lives. First of all, God's Word is profitable for doctrine. That's what verse 16 says. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and it's profitable. And it shows four different ways here. Uh, it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. So let's take these one at a time. God's word is profitable for doctrine. That is, it shows us and teaches us what is right. If you want to know what is right, get in the book. Doctrine means teaching or instruction. Uh, 
Flip back to Second uh, Timothy 1 there for just a minute. It's one page over in my scripture. Uh, but I want to see a few things here. But let me share with you First Timothy 4.16. Paul told Timothy, Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them. For in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. Doctrine is important. Some folks still feel like that doctrine is divisive. And they say, you know, I've seen uh, churches advertise in newspapers before, uh, we are not a doctrinal church. Well, you're not much of a church if you're not a doctrinal church because uh, we're supposed to abide in the doctrine of the Scripture. Now look at 2 Timothy chapter number 1 and verse number 13 there. Look at verse 13. Paul told Timothy, he said, Hold fast the form of sound words which thou hast heard of me in faith and love which is in Christ Jesus. He's talk, talking about doctrine there. What he, what he taught Timothy as Timothy was growing in the Lord. He, uh, Timothy was Paul's son in the faith. And uh, Paul took some time to train him. And he, he shared with him the doctrine that he had learned himself. Look at chapter 2, verse number 1. And he encourages him here. He says, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. And he said, you know, what he's saying here is that that doctrine that you learned of me is important. It's important enough not only for you to, to read it and take heed to it, and understand it, but also to share it with others. Look at verse number 15. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And why do we study? Because so we can have the right doctrine, so we can have the right beliefs, so that we can know what is right. Look at chapter number 3, verse number 14 and 15 there, just above where our text is at. Paul told Timothy, there, he told him there in verse 13 that there, there's some evil men and seducers were going to wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived in these last days. But he says in verse 14, But continue thou, continue thou in the things which thou hast learned. What's that? That's doctrine. And hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. So it's very important that God's word be taken and it be learned for the doctrine that is there. Also, secondly, we see that God's word is profitable for reproof. Reproof. And we all need reproof in our life. Reproof is when somebody shows us what's wrong. Amen. When we take a look and uh, reproof is evidence or, or proof that says, you know that's wrong. Confess it and forsake it. Amen. When you when you reading the Word of God and and the Holy Spirit brings out something there that's in your life that ought not to be there, that's reproof. And God's Word is profitable for reproof. Um, look at Proverbs chapter number one. Proverbs chapter number one. We're going to be in uh, several scriptures here uh, in Proverbs. Uh, I hope you'll take time to turn with us there. Proverbs one. And uh, let's take a look at verse number 22 down through verse 33 here. 
Proverbs 1, verse number 22, How long, ye simple ones, will ye love simplicity? And the scorners delight in their scorning, and notice this, and fools hate knowledge. Turn you at my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit unto you. I will make known my words unto you. Because I have called and you refused, I have stretched out my hand and no man regarded, but ye have said it not all my counsel and would none of my reproof. I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your fear cometh. When your fear cometh as desolation and your, your destruction cometh as a whirlwind, when distress and anguish cometh upon you, then shall they call upon me, but I will not answer. They shall seek me early, but they shall not find me. For that they, notice this, that they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. They would none of my counsel. They despised all my reproof. Therefore shall they eat of the fruit of their own devices and be filled with their own devices. Eat of the fruit of their own ways and be filled with their own devices. Verse 32. For, for the turning away of the simple shall slay them and the prosperity of fools shall destroy them. But notice verse 33. But whoso hearkeneth. What does hearken mean? You listen and you obey. Amen. You listen and you obey. Whoso hearkeneth unto me shall dwell safely and shall be quiet from fear of evil. Uh, just a page or two over there, you'll find Proverbs 6.23 that says this. It says, For the commandment is a lamp. Talking about it's a light. And the law is light. And reproofs of instruction are the way of life. Reproofs of instruction. Uh, in chapter number 15, Verse number 32, it says this, Say, He that refuseth instruction despises his own soul, but he that heareth reproof getteth understanding. When you get into the book of Proverbs, let me challenge you. Read through the book of Proverbs this week, and anywhere it says reproof or correction, underline that. Pay attention to it. Because it has 14 uses that I have found in the book of Proverbs, uh, the 14 uses of the word reproof. Now, we know that uh, the, the Holy Spirit uses the word of God to uh, bring that reproof out in our life. In John 16, verse number 8, uh, our Lord Jesus was talking about when he was going to send the Comforter uh, with the Holy Spirit. And he says in John 16, 8, when he has come, when the Holy Spirit has come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. How does he do that? He does it by the word. The preaching of God's word will bring forth reproof in a person's life. And he says there, you know, he, the Holy Spirit uses the, the book that he authored uh, to bring forth that reproof. Of sin, he, he reproves of sin because they believe not on me. Reproves of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more. And reproves of judgment uh, because the prince of this world is judged. So God's word is profitable not only for doctrine but also for reproof. And then we see that God's word is profitable for correction. For correction. It shows us how to correct that which is wrong. A lot of times it's just as simple as confessing it and forsaking it. You know, confessing is 
taking God's side in the issue, seeing things, seeing it God's way, saying what God has to say, and what it means actually in the New Testament is saying the same thing. The word confess, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Well, that, that word that word confess means to say the same thing. Say the same thing about your sin as what God says about it. And when we do that, it makes a difference. Look there at Proverbs chapter number 3. If you're still in the book of Proverbs, look at Proverbs 3, verse number 11 and 12. Proverbs 3, verse 11 and 12 says, My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, neither be weary of his correction. For whom the Lord loveth, he correcteth, even as a father the son in whom he delighteth. And, and we know we, we try to correct our children. You know, we, it was our children were growing up. We corrected them often. Uh, when we saw something in their lives that didn't need to be in there. And uh, the reason that we did that was because we loved them. We, we wanted them to grow up with some character, some, some uh, Bible character, some godly character. Want grow up uh, to, to be what the Lord would have them to be. That word correction there in Proverbs 3 uh, is the improvement or a straightening up again is what that means, a rectification or reformation. And God wants us to not only uh, uh, know what the right way is and know when we have done wrong, but he wants us to correct what is wrong in our lives. And God's word is profitable for that correction. We see, fourthly, God's word is profitable for instruction in righteousness. In other words, it shows us how to do that which is right and how to stay right in our lives. The word instruction means tutorage. It's education or training is what it is. And when you put all of that together, we know that God's word becomes profitable for perfecting or maturing us and equipping us for the work of the Lord. God wants us to grow up in Him. Just the same way that you were born uh, on the day that you uh, were, were born uh, into this world uh, and you, you, it took some time for you to grow uh, physically. Listen, when you get born again in the Lord, you become a babe in Christ. And, but it's, you're not to remain a babe. You're, you're to grow up. And the nurture and admonition of the Lord. That's what God would have us to do is grow up. How do we grow? Well, we, we feed on the right things, you know, and, and that is the Word of God. God's Word is profitable for perfecting us or maturing us and equipping us for the work of the Lord. Now, a third thing we see here is understand what we can do to, to make the Word of God effective or we could say more effective in our lives. And it comes simply by reading, studying, memorizing, meditating on, and applying the Word of God with God's purpose, by God's help. And all of that's important. All of that's important. It's important that we be filled with the Holy Spirit Ephesians 5, verse 17 and 18 tells us, be, not un, be, not, be ye not unwise. In other words, don't be stupid. Okay, That's what it means, literally. Be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. The Lord wants us to understand what He wants to do in our lives. And He says, be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled 
with the Spirit. As believers, our lives are to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And if we're going to understand this book, when we get into it, we need to make sure that we are empty of ourselves. And, you know, uh, something can't be full of two things at one time. That's right. You know, when I opened this bottle of water this morning, it was full of water. I've taken a few sips out of it now. But if you were to uh, uh, put something else in there, it would no longer be filled with water. Okay? We're to be filled with God's Spirit. Not be, not be filled with the world, not be filled with ourselves, but be filled with the, the Lord's Spirit. Look at James chapter 1. And I want us to see that we are also to, to bathe uh, our efforts in prayer first. When, we're, when we get into the Word of God, if you want to understand what God is saying and how it applies in your life, then you need to ask God to give you that understanding. And guess what? If you will make sure that you fill with the Spirit and you ask God for understanding, you think that He's going to hold that back from you? He's not. In fact, James 1 tells us in verse number 5, Notice it says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and notice this, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a, a wave of the sea driven with the wind and toss. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. In other words, we're to believe that God wants, us to give us, wants to give us understanding. Go to Him and ask for understanding and then believe He's going to give us understanding that we need. Last week we looked uh, there at uh, how our effort must be expended if we're going to appropriate and activate God's Word. I'm not going to turn back to Proverbs chapter number 2, but I give this to you again. It's in verses 1 through 6 there. It talked about how we, we, all, we all use the Word of God and when we're going through it like we're searching for treasure. Whether we're searching for silver or gold or we're searching for rubies. You know, it's because it's, it's much more valuable in our lives. And in order to do those things, uh, it takes effort. If you're going to mine diamonds or you're going to mine uh, uh, gold or silver, it takes some effort being expended. Look, guess what? When you get in the Word of God and you're digging, digging for, the, for, for what God wants you to know, it takes some effort. A lot, of, a lot of problem today is folks don't want to expand the effort. People are so busy anymore that they don't want to take the time uh, properly to study God's Word and spend the time in the Word of God the way that they should. Now, when we're in the Word... There's some important things here. Uh, look at uh, number D, D there, the letter D. Be on the lookout for sins to forsake. Be on the lookout for sins to forsake. When you're studying a passage of Scripture, you need to be asking yourself, there's something in here that God wants me to take out of my life. Yeah? As Psalm 119, verse 9, we shared it last week, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word. So if, the, if we're reading something and something is there in our life that we need to get rid of, listen, we need to, we need to apply that and take heed to the word of God. Psalm 119, verse 11 says, Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. 
You know, one of the things that I found to be, that'd be helpful is if you're struggling in an area, uh, some area in your life, it doesn't really matter what that area is. If you're struggling to be obedient to the Lord, struggling with a particular sin or whatever, memorize Scripture related to your problem. And that will help you. The Holy Spirit will help you uh, use that in your heart and life. Psalm 119, verse 105, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And listen, it will be that. But in order to, in order to have it as a light, you've got to get in it. <laughs> you've got to learn it. Uh, look at First uh, John chapter 1. When we're talking about being on the lookout for sins to forsake, we all uh, still continue to come short of, of God's glory. Thank God Jesus makes up the difference for us, doesn't he? You know, um, we, we all sin. We all miss the mark. And even after we're saved, we still uh, sin. Uh, but but uh, thank, thank the Lord for the salvation that we have, that Jesus makes up the, that, that we uh, that where we have the shortfall at. But look at 1 John chapter number 1 and verse number 5. 1 John 1 verse number 5. This then is the message uh, which we have heard of him, talking about Jesus, uh, and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Verse 6. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. Talk about that we just continue to walk our old, in the old paths and our old ways. We don't try to deal with sin in our life. That's what talking about walking in darkness. Look at verse 7. But if we walk in the light, as He is in the light, as Jesus is, is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanseth us, from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Now, we're, we're to try to keep from sinning, but we still fall short, don't we? We do. And uh, I'm, I'm glad that we have uh, the ability to get in God's word. We can see where we've erred and we can look out for those sins to forsake in our life. Next thing we see here, be on the lookout for promises to claim. Promises to claim. You know, part of, part of our uh, uh, root passage of scripture that we've been using in 2 Peter 1, verse 3 and 4, and I'm going to quote it again just so you'll You'll understand what I'm, where I'm going at with this. According as His divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of Him that hath called us to glory and virtue. Now, listen. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. So we've been giving promises and we're to be on the lookout for promises to claim in second corinthians 1 verse 20 says for all the promises of god in him speaking about in jesus are yea 
and in him, amen, unto the glory of God by us. We can look there and uh, we can depend upon those promises uh, that the Lord gives to us. And then a very important thing here is also that we learn from the example of others. So look at James chapter number 5, verse number 10 and 11. We see James mentions uh, some examples of what we should be. And listen, you, you'll find examples in the Word of God. Uh, the, the Word of God just lays everything out there plain uh, sometimes. And you say, man, I can't believe that's in the book. And some of the things that we've been looking at recently on our, in our Wednesday night, some of the sins that we've seen folks involved in in our Wednesday night study in the book of Judges has been some bad stuff. And, uh, but the Lord uh, he gives these things uh, to us for us to not only know what we should be, but also know what we should not be. In James 5, verse number 10 and 11, look at what it says. Take, my brethren, the prophets who have spoken in the name of the Lord for an example of suffering, affliction, and of patience. Behold, we count them happy which endure. You've heard of the patience of Job and have seen the end of Job. That The Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. So it gives us some idea of some examples that we should follow. But look at 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter number 10. And we see the Apostle Paul tells us that there are some examples that we should not uh, have in, uh, in our lives. Some, some things that uh, are shown in the Old Testament. He's talking about Israel here in 1 Corinthians chapter number 10. And he's talking about them after they, were, they came out of Egypt and they were going through the, um, the, through the wilderness. But uh, it says, look at verse number 5 there. <clears throat> First Corinthians 10 verse 5, But with many of them God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Notice verse 6. Now these things were our examples to the intent we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. Neither be ye idolaters as were some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and, and drink and rose up to play. Neither let us commit fornication as some of them committed and fell in one day, twenty uh, three and 20,000, that's 23,000. Neither let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of serpents. Neither murmured ye, as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. Verse 11. Now all these things happened unto them for ensamples, and they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. Wherefore let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. So the word of God has been given to us to Show us examples of what we should be. Show us examples of what we shouldn't be. And then we notice next thing is we look for and heed, take heed of warnings that we are given in Scripture. And for this, I'd like for you to turn, if you will, to, to Psalm 19. Psalm 19, verse 7 through 11. And we see uh, here in this passage uh, we see the Word of God is mentioned to mentioned by, by several different uh, names. It's called the Law, the Testimony, the Statutes. Uh, it's called the Commandments. It's called the 
the fear. It's called the, uh, the judgments of the Lord. All of these things are referring to the Word of God. Look at uh, Psalm 19, verse number 7. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. Notice this, more to be desired are they than gold. In other words, the word of God is worth more than gold to you. It ought to be. Yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Notice verse 11. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned. We're warned. And in keeping of them there is great reward. So we see that the word of God is going to have uh, some warnings for us and we need to look for and take heed of the warnings as we're studying. Also, as we're studying God's word, we need to look for teachings about God. God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Uh, it's one God just manifested in three persons. And uh, we know that we can learn a lot about God from the scriptures. We can learn of God all through the, 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 the scriptures because it's all of him. This whole book's about Jesus and the plan that God had for bringing uh, life to us and uh, for the, uh, the disposition of things in the world. John 17, verse 3, said, This is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou sent. And I thank God that, uh, for, for how the Lord reveals himself to us in the Scripture, and we are to look for those things. Then we're to look for other truths as well. John chapter number 8, verse 31 and 32 says this, Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And Jesus prayed, as we saw last week in John 17, 17, Sanctify them through thy truth, thy word is truth. This, this book is truth. And you want to learn the truth of God, get in the book. Look for the truths in the Word of God. And then, this is very important. As uh, when, you, when you're going through there, uh, ask the Lord how you should apply what you learn. Look at, uh, uh, this is very, probably very familiar to you, but uh, Proverbs 3, verse 5 through 8, <clears throat> a very familiar portion of Scripture. Proverbs 3, verse number 5. Ask God how you should apply what you learn in your own life. And verse, verse 3 says, uh, I mean, uh, verse 5, excuse me, chapter 3, verse 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It shall be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. So, the word of God, what a, what a gift that the Lord has given to us. What a blessing uh, time that we live in. Can you imagine not having the entirety of God's word? 
There was a time uh, the apostles did not have the entirety of God's Word. But listen, we do. And we need to act, appropriate it, take possession of it, make it our own. We need to activate it, put it to use, making it effective in our life. Trust and obey. Trust and obey. Amen. Let's pray. Father.